Welcome back. We got another episode of Strange Happenings. Bob, it's happening. What's happening? It's happening. Yeah? Strange Happenings. All right. Well, tonight... They're, they're everywhere. Got another... Uh, a lot of different things we've come across this week. We're going to cover... Uh, I think we've got some good ones again. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. You know, every week it's kind of like there was a pinata full of strange stories. We had a lot and of And we things. just slap it with this bat. And the next it. thing you know, there are these. Yeah. I mean, if you see this lineup, again, it's like, you know, my grandmother whips chains, whistles yo-yos. Like, it's just, it, it strings together. Like, it doesn't seem real that all this news comes out in one week, but it happens. Yep. And we've got uh, one link, like four listeners Different people oh, sent yeah. it to us. Yeah, I saw it. We've uh, had it sent to us. You saw yeah. it. You've had it sent to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. and their brother yep. um, is is sending it out, which we appreciate because that one helps us know that we're looking at what you're looking at. And if we're not, again, like it might put it in front of us to where yeah. you know, we become aware of it because, again, there's there's so much happening in the week. Um, you want to start with shout-outs? Yeah, sure. Shout-outs. Fire them up. Yeah, absolutely. So the Facebook group, we have a bunch of you know some people are coming on board with the facebook group well when did we We're, start that just recently right well yeah i think it was last week so we, 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 we launched it off haven't had one so yeah <clears throat> thanks for hopping and in there if you are sorry if uh we haven't shouted you out and you were an early facebook group uh into the Subscriber, group early. right we, we didn't get a chance to, right. to shout you out but and it's tough because you know say on youtube we might catch a name here and there but like we don't really have like a list that gets categorized for us they don't really give us yeah. a full index so every now and then we get a notification on our phone and we can look back in that backlog and find you so if we don't shout you out we're not doing it uh intentionally not to it's just we're dealing with uh whatever we get back on that end so let's fire them up do the facebook shout facebook outs. group shout outs justin england what up england justin from mr of the e. corn jumping in he's a uh, champion love that guy uh matthew Foltz. what up brother hey what's up brother uh Beer thomas brother. pinter thomas is from biloxi mississippi hell yeah so biloxi thomas, blues yeah he he came across one of our videos and hell yeah uh, and I guess uh, I believe he said it was the Cryptids of the Corn episode. Oh, nice! That he listened to. Nice. Uh, the Swapcast we did. So Thomas, welcome. Yeah. And Mike Rep Hummel. I know he's been uh, a commenter in in YouTube and in Facebook and, groups. Yeah. Um, Hell so, yeah! Appreciate you. So welcome. Yeah. Facebook group people, um, YouTube subscribers. We've got. Go ahead. Oh yeah, we got Matthew Chandler. Uh, we have Luke and Jen. So no no a full name on those. So what's up, Luke and Jen? If you know who you are, because <laughs> I, you know, Ashley Alexander, thank you for subscribing. Angie Mitchell, three uh, three one two arts, um, and Josh Brown. Uh, that's our YouTube subscriber. So uh, we've kind of hit a little bit of a plateau. We're not really picking up as many subscribers, which is fine. Um, but we see a lot of you guys coming back in and jumping back in the chats and yep. being on these episodes. So. Again, yep. thanks for hopping in with us and uh, hanging out for about an hour or so. And absolutely, hopefully, uh, hopefully we have some good stuff for you guys again today. Oh yeah, I love this part. You ready? <laughs> Go ahead. Top ten countries: U.S. stayed at number one. U.K. is still number two. Australia number three. Italy moved up from number four. That away, Italy. Uh, to number. F How can you move up from four to four? Well, so you had to move up from five spreading. to four. So Virgin Islands moved down from four to five. That's right. That's how it goes. They minus one. <laughs> but I switched those positions. Canada stayed where it was at number six. Singapore at number seven now is clocking in from ten. So Singapore is picking up the slack, baby. Norway. Singapore. Norway, you dropped off. You were Singapore. at seven. I want to hear from the folks in, in I Singapore. I want to go to Singapore. If you are or if you live there, can we come visit? We'll hang out. <laughs> show us some cool stuff and we'll, you know. We'll make a, uh, a video out of it. <laughs> Try to work that way in. Norway, you dropped. New Zealand, you stayed in the same. Portugal uh, dropped. Um, they were at eight. They're down to number 10. All right, Portugal. You can do it. Bring it back, share baby. It, share Come it on. away. Come on. And then we have, what, we the have... top 10 states. Yes, top 10 states. Here we go. My clicker. There we go. Uh, you got Brohio. Brohio. What's up? Represent. California. New York. North Carolina and Texas. The first top five did not change at all. Florida jumped up from number seven to six. Minnesota jumped up from number nine to number seven. <laughs> Pennsylvania dropped all the way from number five to number That's all right. I, seven. I feel like Pennsylvania is going to have a strong or number eight. Sorry. Strong comeback next. Georgia week. dropped one to eight. Indiana is still toe in the line at number ten. So thank you guys for listening everywhere. Yes. Um, 
keep working at it. We'll try to get you in there. <laughs> what was the other thing we were going to do? We were going to say, hey, if you can get somebody to follow us, subscribe on uh, uh, YouTube or Spotify or wherever, if you can like get a small video clip, like five, ten seconds, hey, you got your friend to jump in and subscribe and kind of throw them into uh, what we're doing here. Uh, we're always trying to help add voices and ears to things. So if you yeah. can do that and get a clip, we'll play them next time we do the Strange Happenings. We're yes. just going to make a montage reel and let them go. So uh, send them in, contact at thestrangeroad.com. Um, I always like little shit like that, man. It's just fun. Oh, yeah. Because I would, I would definitely do it. My coworkers would hate me. <laughs> uh, and that's all we got for the top 10 U.S. states. Yes, thank you, everybody. Uh, it's um, been fun. We got so next. we want to hop into it. You want to get at Are it? Are we good? We're, we're there? You want to say what's up to the people in the chat quick? Just yeah. give a shout out there? Yeah, yeah. Now we can see the chat. We have Stoner's Dad. What's up? Hello, Neil. Welcome. He's, he's Flux a, Capacitor. Uh, he's awesome. What's up, Brad. Matt? Brian Walters. Uh, Necro. Ancient Axe Factory. Necro. Sounds sweet. What's up, Necro? Mechanim- Mechanimal. I always have a problem. I know. I don't know why. Necro. Mechanimal. <laughs> Got it. Justin Lamb. My can't talk today that's all right uh and yeah hitchhikers transform and roll out welcome (laughs) autobots um yeah taking papers tv yo yo what's up up, man uh or lady i'm not sure you might be a lady or man i'm not sure um (laughs) i can't really say so we're just gonna jump into it and we're gonna get started straight on down the path and the first one we're hitting on is this story that i came across from mysterious universe um, is the website, and the author is uh, Brent Swanser. And basically, the story is kind of uh, what Mikey likes to say a lot is dovetailing from the uh, Paiute story um, about the Habmasivs that came from a few pod- podcast episodes ago and YouTube episodes ago, uh, where they talked about the flying canoes and kind of the lost technology. Wow. And so there is, you know, there are, in the article they're talking about, there's a lot of mainstream lore. And I kind of alluded to it. You know, there's a lot of Native American oral history tradition and lore. So this um, Lots, yeah. this professor um, and researcher, uh, Dr. Artie Sixkiller Clark, she is a uh, Cherokee Choctaw heritage, and she has been very active in working with the Native American community about you know raising awareness of their history and their experiences. Um, you know, she said she's made mention of the spiritual connection these people give to the phenomena and that UFOs and aliens are just as much a part of the spiritual realm as anything physical. And with some tribes, even believing that their souls came from out in space in an interview with Skeptico podcast, she mentions of this connection. So she, she talks about different tribes and their connection as far as how they relate to what we might call an extraterrestrial and ET encounter that they term as star people right and we brothers have, we have a, a clip with clifford mahooty talking about the star mm-hmm. people yep, yep and so that's what kind of caught my attention to this article um and she you know goes on to write you know much of what she calls the star people are ancient entities that came from the skies in their vessels to teach the native people and which are present in the lore and legends of many tribes with some old tales even claiming that they interbred with them right so interbred with the star people that's crazy um, these are not necessarily described as aliens from another world exactly, but rather as spirit gods descending from another spiritual realm. She has covered this theory in her book, Encounters with Star People, Untold Stories of American Indians. Um, and in some cases, it seems that there are, you know, uh, far from myth, you know, as there have been tales of meeting these star people right up to the present. Um, one such tale covered in her book that we're going to talk about um, is about a tribal elder known only as Harrison. He's a member of one of the Northern Plains tribes and has quite the bizarre story to tell. So in 1945, when Harrison, this now tribal elder, was a child, um, and well before the UFO craze had really taken off with Roswell. Yeah, that's like two years before. Right, so before it really spread like wildfire um, is when this um, account takes place. And he said... um, He's 12 years old, and one evening he's at home with his grandfather when they hear a rumbling as the whole house is shaking, like there's an earthquake happening, yeah. right? So it kind of gets you spooked. It gets your hair standing up on the back of your head, and, you know, you'd be pretty alert. And, you know, this is the thing. In those moments, you're going to be hyper aware, right? Like I remember almost burning my house down because that was a crazy moment. And, I mean, I can almost vividly recall it. So your, your sense, <laughs> sense is heightened in those yeah, I was oh. getting ready to play some Halo. Oh. Uh-uh, not after that. <laughs> Couldn't focus to play after that. But anyhow, so what I'm trying to lay out is, you know, something loud enough that is causing almost an earthquake-like impact 
to your local vicinity, that's going to make you pretty aware when you go out to see it. So this happens. Grandfather goes out of the house and sees all of his horses had run off, right? So in a panic, he tries to gather as many as he can and then decides, you know, the next day I'm going to go out and look for the rest of them. So next morning he gets up, he goes out and he looks for his remaining horses. And he comes back and looking, you know, really distressed and afraid. And, and Harrison asked him, you know, what happened? And the grandfather merely told the boy to follow him. Um, there's no way to know what Harrison expected to see at this point, but there's a good chance he couldn't have imagined what was in store for him. Um, as the story says, his grandfather took him some distance away where there's a large gouge or crater in the earth, as if something very big had come to smash into the field. At the bottom of this crater was a metallic craft of some kind with what appeared to be a doorway hanging open and damaged on the side. The two of them stood there staring for some time before the grandfather decided to go look inside, where he apparently found several entities that were described as being eight feet tall and wearing green suits with translucent skin and eyes that change colors. Okay. <laughs> Let's pause there. That's pretty wild. Okay. All right. Unpause. Story gets stranger. The strangers seemed to be just as surprised to see him as in Harrison's grandfather, right. as he was to see them, right? Yeah, so, okay. I'm sure. It's like the, the shocking moment on each end. Um, it said they even appeared to be slightly afraid of him and tried to distance themselves. The creatures seemed um, to shy away from him, and when he tried to speak with them, yeah, it's vanished into thin air. Hey, where are you guys? Transmedium beings. Just gone. Yeah. It's pretty wild. Um, said since the grandfather and Harrison had no notion of aliens from outer space, they thought of them in terms they could uh. understand that these were the star people, quote-unquote, that their an uh, ancestors had so often spoke of. They're all over the, ca the cave art, right. uh, the petroglyphs. Right. You go deep into those canyons, man, and some of those petroglyphs get really wild. We've right. seen uh, a couple different places, and we talked about it on this show. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're seeing it. So this goes further. It coincides. It still goes further. Yeah. So these things are seen for the next several weeks. Um, they start to appear on the property. Um, they'd always keep their distance, and they would always be able to, like, appear and disappear at will. Like, they're yeah. not getting cornered. You're not catching them. Um, it seemed like they were curious about Harrison and his grandfather, what they were doing. Um, but, again, they were obviously very wary at first. They never came too close. And it's kind of like just a rescue animal. It might be at a distance from you for months until yeah. it comes up to you, right? Right. Or it might never. Um, but the weird thing was, you know, even though they were starting scared and vanishing and all this stuff – they were also seen to sometimes gather rocks and plants and other things as if taking samples for study. Um, through all of this, the grandfather always heavily, um, like, greeted his enigmatic, enigmatic visitors and even offered them food on some occasions. And as the days went by, they would approach closer and closer until one day they invited the grandfather onto their ship, which was still lodged wow. into the earth at the bottom of the crater. <laughs> here's, the, here's the finale. On the ship... The entities then communicated with him telepathically, telling them about their realm, which was described as dry and arid like the South Dakota Badlands. Been there, that is extremely arid and dry. Mm -hmm. um, the terrain, uh, so harsh that they were forced to live underground in domed cities. Uh-oh. There we go. Right? They also told him about their history and their way of life and explained that they had been visiting Earth for thousands of years but had rarely ever actually interacted with humans as they were doing now. They rather merely observed and studied them. According to them, they were two. According to them, there were two other ships they had been with at the time of their unfortunate crash, and that they had been sent by a larger mothership, which they were making attempts to contact with their damaged communications equipment. The grandfather later told Harrison that he had seen much wondrous technology aboard the ship while he was there, such as screens that could show. All manner of images and a special seat that covered whoever sat in it like an envelope. What? I don't understand. What? That's a weird... Oh, wow. Okay, let's finish <laughs> this out and then we'll talk about it. According to Harrison, one night the mothership finally came, a massive cylindrical object that hovered for some time before shooting off into the night. The next morning when they went to see the crater, the ship was gone along with its strange occupants. Shortly after this, Harrison claimed that the U.S. military men had arrived and, co and cordoned off the area. They would allegedly confiscate the grandfather's um, entire ranch and create a lake at the site where the ship had come down. The grandfather apparently never equated these creatures or the ships with aliens as we know them, as in being from another planet. But he was very sure they were not from around here, <laughs> nevertheless. 
There is no way to know if any of this really happened or not, but it is certainly a curious UFO case and an account of possibly crashed aliens from another culture and mindset that we rarely get to see. Real or not, it is truly fascinating all the same. Yeah. I mean, Clifford, God rest his soul, passed away last summer. Uh, We were lucky enough to meet him and hang out with him, but that's kind of a lot of things he talks about. Uh, you know, the ant people coming from oh, yeah. inside the earth to yeah. help bring people down during cat- catastrophes. Well, again, the pipe And this stuff is kind of a modern the... story that just so happens to coincide with like their oral traditions and all the cave art. And it's really recent. And, and, 1945. Right. Is pretty, yeah. Well, the, 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 well, okay. The Paiute story we did came from, from 1949, like the, but the story wasn't from 1949. The story was heard in 1949 in that one. This is actually from 45. That's what we're saying. 45, yeah. Man, you polished that thing right off. I know. Well, Jeepa. It's good. <laughs> well, I haven't. I haven't you've <laughs> like been, Clark Griswold putting yeah. down the eggnog. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. Well, you got uh, me drinking. It's good. We got our. Uh, little liquor cabinet back here that we started yeah so we i went we'd uh, have a drink i went uh what's that called oh by the way brian walters a freegan yeah well <laughs> we, we'll, we'll figure that one out yeah, we'll cross yeah. that bridge later yeah thanks for the whiskey, brian walters brian. <laughs> uh, uh, also uh local legends burton burton popped on yeah, earlier burton sorry and we didn't get you there dude sorry you, about that you were in before we even started yeah, shouting we, people we, out and we shouted you out and you definitely did not hear us because we weren't no. live yet um but he welcome, said he's at burton. work brother <laughs> we hope we make your uh your time at work a little bit more enjoyable and hopefully less sucky i don't know if it sucks maybe you really enjoy your job i'm just gonna go out on the fence and say like most work it's not you know you don't really want to be doing it well sometimes i don't know i've just been there yeah. Now I love well, I love work now, but I didn't for a long time. So I know yeah, what it's like nursing to not days. Like work. And I remember listening to podcasts, being like, "Thank God I have DHC on a coast to coast AM at three AM <laughs> in the morning doing a night shift." You David know? Hatcher Childress, yeah, oh DHC. Um, what do we got in the chat? Low batteries. Born not to run says, "Why aren't there new UFO stuff?" It seems like the seventies and nineties were hot. Now only the only government, government has, new videos. has new videos. Well, they're trying to control what's going out in a lot of ways. They're it's getting f- ahead of the, the disclosure because there's such like a push for people flipping out, wanting because you know the internet's just a tidal wave of social media where people are questioning things and there's videos and and so the government really is getting ahead. They're behind. But they're trying to get out ahead because they know they can't stop the flow of information forever. So they're kind of – and honestly, there's been quite a bit of uh, new UFO stuff in terms of, uh, you know, sightings. um, Is she saying like videos? Right, videos and stuff. Well, we covered – I don't know. I'm saying born not to run. I don't know. But we covered the one from Las Vegas uh, from the nightclub. On the very the one first of, yeah, strange yeah, happenings. Yeah, I get, I get, um, but I get what they're saying. Yeah. Like, but it I used agree. to be there was like a new video, but it seems like right. that well has kind of run dry. And now, now the spring maybe, is coming out of the government has all the videos. Like, right. it just Navy seems very pilots. suspect. Yeah. Like, it was an independent rock great, band that, great, that great now question. the government owns as a rock band. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's that's a great point. That's a really good question. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to dig that's into that. That's my guess. It's just, um, yeah, they're trying to just get ahead of it and control the narrative. That's yeah, um, possible. But the next one we have, this was this is the article that kind of blows the top off. A bunch shit. of people uh, yeah. have sent us. Really, but um, from IFL Science, this is from uh, Ben Tob. One point two million year old obsidian axe factory found in Ethiopia. What? Okay. Well, Ethiopia. Is that even possible? They're so one point two million years old. Ethiopia 1.2 million years old as a culture is very ancient 1.2 million years old <clears throat> right so you it's know, like Doc Brown and 1.21 gigawatts and that's a made-up number this is a real number yeah and 
1.2 million years old. We've been covering a lot of these kind of things here recently, but forged in magma and capable of producing the sharpest blades on Earth, obsidian magma. is without a doubt one of the most badass materials ever imagined. There's a reason George R.R. Martin made it the weapon of choice to kill White Walkers. Doi. The jet black volcanic glass is also extremely delicate and dangerous to work with and is not mastered by humans until the latter part of the Stone Age. Or so we thought. Now, this is pretty... That's where they should have Scooby-Doo pull in the head off of whatever theory yep. that's getting demasked every time. Right. Like, hey, we thought it was only to this time. Like, boo! Yeah. No, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, right. we were wrong. Sorry. I'm so, sorry. I'm just frustrated. Well, this is... Sorry, I'm week. not sorry. You know what sorry, I'm not sorry spells? Sins. Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> I'm sinning. If I'm sinning, I'm winning. <laughs> sorry, I'm just joking. Reporting... <laughs> <laughs> Reporting on the latest findings uh, from the Melka Kunter, uh, Melka Kunter archaeo- archaeological site in Ethiopia, oh. a team of researchers has described the discovery in a, of an obsidian hand axe workshop yes. within a layer of sediment dated back to 1.2 million years ago. This represents a staggeringly early example of an obsidian shaping, and according to the study uh, study's authors is the only hand axe factory ever dated to the early Pleistocene. Wow. So this archaeological site described Put that flag as, in the ground for them. Uh, basically a napping so workshop. So wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Who the hell is making these? Monkeys? People. What people? No, I mean, us? early like hominids. Like us? Probably close to Hobbits? a homo sapien sapien. A ring pandek? Um, probably more advanced than that, I would think. Not well, O Ring Pandic. Jesus, you caught me off guard with that one. Sorry. Um, no, O Ring Pandic probably would not be able to nap Obsidian. Now, something more advanced than Lucy or so like the uh, Homo yeah, Floriensis. Okay. okay. So, That's what I'm saying. How far you know, back on the branch are we swinging? It's all mixed up. All this stuff's coming out, and it's like, oh, there were like 20 other hominids that were That's living I, with humans. That's it, what I'm saying. Like a million years ago. Huh? As a hominid, Homo sapien descend, I don't know How what? many of them? There were probably a ton of different. If I was at a family higher reunion. Higher primate-ish and higher primates living yeah. together. If I was at a family reunion with hominids <laughs> and Homo erectus and all that shit, I'd be like, <laughs> if they, where do we fit in in the chain? Who, who are you related we're to? We're at like, the end of the line. Because I don't know. What well, we're a mixture of probably all of them. See Bilbo go running by you? Yeah. No, I've been on adventure. I mean, how far off are some of these fantasy type? I don't know. Where does it come from? I don't you That's know, what I'm saying. The, I'm so confused and, anymore. And, the giants and the, the, there are probably so many various types of he, the elves. I mean, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Who the hell is making these axes? And are, are they us in some variation? I think like, they're right, like damn we, close to us is what they're saying. Why? Because that's why you guys are going to have to rewrite a lot of history. First of all, to have a workshop, think about that. It's right, literally a place one. of. of uh, production, so right. it's like an industrial operation, right. which means organization. Yeah, so you have people that are feeding each other, and there's some sort of community or civilization that needs the tools to have these sharp, uh, like I mean, blade like. Stop! Stop! How are they living there? <laughs> How are they staying there? This is before agriculture. By well, how how are they where? Who really know? I mean, that's what I'm saying, though. As we sure. look at the modalities of how we think hunter gatherers, you know, pro- well, progressed on it. So we're saying now, 1.2 million years ago, there was like basically a, an obsidian axe factory. Yeah. What? Yeah. Who is? Is there a McDonald's around this corner? Is are they just slaying like a giant brontosaurus? And I don't get like what? What are they well, eating? Nothing. The Pleistocene is is uh, plants. Is Giant carrots. Um, I'm, I'm so baffled. okay. So here it's the second half of the middle Pleistocene, and only in Europe so far, uh, writes the researchers. Right, but how um, are they living? And, and these are predominantly located in France and the UK. Um, most notable Stone Age axe workshops were all associated with the creation what of flint eating? blades as well. So creating the axes to then create flint blades. 
Um, so generally speaking, obsidian is extensively used only for uh, from the Middle Age stone, uh, Middle Stone Age onwards, writes the study's author. However, during the course of their excavations, the team came across an ancient layer of sediment containing a cache of 578 stone tools, all but three of them, which were sculpted from obsidian. We show through statistical analysis that this was a focused activity. That was uh, that very standardized hand axes were produced, and that this was a stone tool workshop. They write uh, describing the axes. The researchers repeatedly marvel that the morphological standardization is remarkable. And while they don't know which species of human crafted the tools, they say that whoever created them diligently applied secondary retouches. This is absurd. And was highly focused on the final regular. Regular li- regularization of the artifacts. So they're uniform, right? So right. they're not one so looks this way and one looks that way. It's like oh, that's hard to say. they're manufactured like an assembly line mm-hmm. of craftsmanship. Yeah, organ- organized artisans. Like really done well. Um, so, you know, techniques for shaping the obsidian are believed to have first emerged during the upper paleolith- uh, Paleolithic and even modern nappers wear protective gloves to avoid shredding their hands when working with the razor-sharp material. And yet, when describing tools from over a million years ago, a study author that the standardized obsidian hand hand axes provide ample evidence of the repetitive use of fully mastered skills. This is a wild article. And that's... Yeah, there's a lot of these kind of stories that are flooding out there right now. And they also say that working with obsidian takes more finesse than working with flint or basalt, which flint, we know flint was used all the time in flint napping. Mm -hmm. You're basically tapping, right? You're breaking one rock off and trying to cleave off the other one to get that sharp edge as it breaks. That's all you're doing is you're wrapping that rock, that flint, in in a cloth. And you're napping it. You're just tapping it. It's going through the cloth and breaking it, but it's giving it a clean edge to it. Yeah. But made me start thinking, right? Like, we live now. We'll, we'll have a, a, a genius, like, say, when Einstein was around or, or Nikolai Tesla when he was around, right? So what's to say, back in these times, that they didn't have their own hominid Tesla Einstein that was like, somebody was like, hey, I know I'm a caveman or not supposed to be doing much more than just picking up berries off the ground, but somehow right. I figured out how to do this, and yeah. no one else knows how to do this. Right. That had, that had to have happened at other times, right? It's not just in our modern era that we have savants or people that just have skill sets like that, right? Yep. Even if it is just skill sets of working with, it's still amazing. Like I think that's one of the leaps that we're seeing now, too, when we start to recognize that there are people that can just do very wild things and we don't really fully understand at all how they do it mathematically or photographic memory or, you know, they, they took a guy one time and flew him over the city. I think he was in, in, in Europe somewhere and they flew him over it in a helicopter and they got him back to this room and it was like wall to wall paper and he drew the whole city to That's detail. Wild. It was the wildest thing I've ever seen. It was oh, absolutely crazy. What's sorry. That? Speaking of yeah. drawing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Good dovetail. <laughs> Good dovetail. Yeah. Good dovetail. Um, we got to give a Stoner. shout out. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Stoner Mikey. put up the wide. Um, yeah. Thank you. Bob, you were responsible for that. Mikey was reminding me because I forgot. Totally I was going to say it by the end of the show. I didn't want to forget it. But, yeah, the painting uh, that you see down in front over here with the um, um, uh, kind of like shaman and uh, – kind of sunset or i don't know if it's the moonrise in the background is serpent it Aurora Mountain, Borealis? there's a lot of ca- colors going on guide. there's a temple in the background um it's the serpent mound spirit guide and he's got the serpent mound um uh, kind of logo if you will or kind of representing the serpent mound logo yeah, albeit straight up and down instead of uh curved as it is naturally this is from carlos roa there of uh fifth element tattoos carlos also does uh painting and artwork um and it kind of was his original start before getting into tattoos and i was actually at the park one day by my house and i was walking across to get some cheeseburgers at mcdonald's because i was hungry so i was walking back with these cheeseburgers and i look up and i'm like hey carlos and he's just walking through the park you know barefoot just kind of like taking in the day it was a really nice afternoon i was like hey why don't we go back to my house and we can hang out on the uh you know upstairs balcony and i'm I'm just gonna play guitar and you can you know do whatever if you want to sit there and 
draw or hang out. We can talk. He's like, no, that's cool. You know, I, I got my pad and everything, so I'll just sketch and stuff. And so I was that's just cool. playing some music Look at that and pan. playing just some freestyle on my uh, Look acoustic. At that pan. And uh, I know <laughs> I got done, and Carlos showed me the sketch of awesome. this guy, and I instantly Expert. was like, I, I don't know why it feels like I know that th- that person or that entity. It just yeah, it was almost like he was drawing something that the way he kind of put it was like being like transmuted from my guitar playing to him he was like yeah he was like it was like surround sound he was like there were little kids playing and there's cars (laughs) going by and there's people you know you can hear dribbling basketballs down the sidewalk and stuff i'm like it's weird yeah you get like a neighborhood surround sound in the summer but it's really cool there's a lot of life in the uh, neighborhood i live in uh but yeah so i've been on carlos to get this painting for a little while and um i know he's busy with his business and everything so I, I haven't heard from up. him in about a year about it, so I hit him back up and was like, hey, do you still have that painting? Because I would really like to get that. And so uh, now this it's down is my Brozone. late Christmas present to myself, and I really appreciate it, and I love it a lot, and um, just thrilled to have it hanging up and having the uh, energy and the presence of it in the uh, yeah. studio. And it's been hanging up kind of on the far wall over yep. in the uh, little theater yep. kind of viewing area. See him every day. Uh, but shout out to Roa. He crushed Big shout out, out. I'm Carlos. so happy for you that you now are the proud owner of this piece. Yeah. And I mean, um, and from our studio set, too, if you don't know, all, all of the artwork behind us, everything on the walls that's yes. you know, z- designed is Carlos as well. So we, we've got a, a pretty long history with him, and he just does not disappoint. Yeah. Just does stellar work. Every time I'm going, man, that's fantastic. I love it. Really has a nice aesthetic. Awesome. Um, moving on from that, much love, Carlos. The uh, NASA spacecraft oh, discovers. Wait, sorry, one more thing. Go ahead, bro. If you guys were in a little early and you heard the music playing. Oh, yeah. Shout out to. Man, uh, legend. 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 Thank you Thanks so much. If you guys, uh, when we roll out after Strange Happenings, uh, Stone will roll that uh, music up. We've you got guys some can new, check out. We got some new intro music. Uh, formerly Bright Night Alaska. You guys are working out a new name. Yeah, but uh, it's or funny new because kind of brand. We fried his interface making this song the first time, so we got like oh, a quarter. Dude, the of The juice way. was there. Of we course, got, you fried. The we got a quarter of the way song. done it's with the song. We went to work on it more. Yeah. And all of a sudden he was like, it's only coming out of the right speaker. I'm like, what? And he was like, I think we just blew my interface. And I was like, we didn't oh, do dude, anything. It sounds so awesome. He tried to put on an alien keyboard and it just went all downhill from there. Yeah. But yeah, much, much appreciation to Matt for doing that. Uh, God, we forgot so much stuff. We had a plan and we got a whiteboard right there. Appear, we never draw on. Appears that we're, uh, you know what I'm going to draw on that whiteboard next week? Tonight. If you don't put notes up there? Yeah. Just a big wiener. <laughs> You're the one looking at it. I don't care what you put up there. <laughs> then I'm not drawing that. Uh, NASA spacecraft discovers a formation on Mars resembling <clears throat> a bear from January 29, 2023 from Julia Hayward. Uh, scientists found yeah. an unexpected discovery on the surface of Mars, a formation resembling the face of a bear. Uh, a camera on NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter snapped a photo of the formation on December 12th. The University of Arizona, which operates the camera, shared the image on Wednesday. Two beady eyes are formed by two craters. A hill with a V-shaped collapse structure resembles a snout. A circular fracture pattern outlines a head. The circular fracture pattern might be due to the settling of a deposit over a buried impact crater, the University of Arizona's Lunar and Planetary Laboratory says. Maybe the nose is a volcanic or mud vent, and the deposit could be lava or mud flows. Maybe just grin and bear it, the University of Arizona adds. Yeah, really good. Um, it isn't the first time scientists have found photos from outside of the Earth with an eerie resemblance to entities on this planet. Humans have a knack for recognizing images or patterns where they don't exist, a phenomenon known as pareidolia. And in uh, 1997, scientists discovered a large rock on Mars they named Pooh Bear. And in 1976, NASA's Viking 1 spacecraft spotted a mesa that resembled a human face nearly two miles from end to end. Now that one... On a region of Mars called Sidonia. Yeah, that's the one that your boy, uh, what's his name, goes off about. Uh, some of those guys. Oh, the Sidonia region of Mars. Yeah, the, yeah. the face on Mars and the pyramids and uh, what's your your guy that you always go on and on about? Cremo. Yeah, Cremo. Cremo talks about a you lot. Gotta of love those. a little Cremo. Yeah. <clears throat> primo. Cremo's primo. primo. So yeah. Michael Primo. Cremo. 
It's just God, a cool that would image. be a great cage name. I could never imagine him fighting. But brings up a crater again. We've Forget been Cocaine Bear. Later. It's the Space Bear. <laughs> dude, Cocaine Bear. <laughs> I saw the preview for that movie. I never oh, saw it. Do you dude. remember when I showed that <laughs> yes. to you? Yes. Freaking Cocaine Bear was so funny. That's oh, a real story, too, which it? is nuts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like well, that it, bear actually ate, like, I don't know, a pound of cocaine and right. went on a rampage for like 16 minutes. And yeah. <laughs> For the, for sixteen minutes that they framed it as for like whatever it was for sixteen just minutes that jacked. that animal was the most deadly predator just, on the oh, planet. Yeah, dude, coke rage. Like I know, even if you're a grizzly and you're like mama bear rage, that doesn't match. Like yeah, an animal that gets exposed to like drugs of that form, yeah. like jeez, them. Yeah, just imagine. Woo. Uh, this no, next one's you. this next one's a fun one. It uh, is. <laughs> Miley Cyrus. Okay, Miley Cyrus claims she was chased down by a UFO. This is uh, Best Life. And uh, since she became an adult, Miley Cyrus's career has been defined as pushing the boundaries of what people might have expected as her of the daughter of country singer Billy Ray Cyrus and the lead Disney Channel's Hannah Montana. Her fans already know that she doesn't really fit into any one box when it comes to what kind of performer and celebrity she is, and apparently even aliens from another planet have taken notice. Since the star claimed in 2020 interview that she was once chased down by some sort of UFO, uh, read on to find out what Cyrus has said about her unexplained experience. So, yeah, this is... Uh, she basically does this interview uh, with Rick Owens for Interview Magazine... And her public image was uh, comparatively tame when the former child star opened up about her UFO encounter and she had six solo albums under her belt and was making headlines for finding herself, in quotes, as, as Elle put, out, uh, put it in 2019, rather than apologizing for cyberbullying Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato in 2008 for her insensitive comments about hip-hop music and culture. Uh, During their discussion, Owens and Miley talked about the new music she was recording, being creative, and uh, during coronavirus and living on the road, which brought them to extraterrestrial life. The designer told a story about staying on a ranch ranch area near Area 51 for his 57th birthday, which is when Cyrus uh, asked him if he believes in aliens. She was uh, driving through California when it happened. Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I don't really, but it seems a little arrogant to assume there's nobody else but us. Owens responded to Cyrus' question about alien life, to which the singer replied, "That's that's what I expletive think. She then went on into details about what she believed was her brush with something from another planet. I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend, and I got chased down by some sort of UFO, Cyrus says. I'm pretty sure about what I saw, but I'd also brought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of the taco shop. (laughs) So it could have been the weed wax, but the best way to describe, it's definitely the weed wax. Weed is... A flying snowplow, it had this big plow in front of it, and it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my best friend saw it too. There was a couple of other cars on the road, and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. This (laughs) is crazy. Hiring a giraffe's asshole. Just like, yep, saw a UFO. And she would go public with that in an interview. It was kind of funny. All right, moving on. That was a quick one. Um, That's wild. Uh, That's you want to really take this wild. one? The uh, Canadian Lynx, the Black Lynx? Yeah. From Coast to Coast AM? Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought this one was cool because really this cool. is kind of the whole, like, you know, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, what what is Derek Hayes on uh, Monsters Among Us called? Like Alien Black Cats, I think. ABC encounters, something like that. So this would kind of fit the bill. But headline from Coast to Coast uh, from this um, article says, uh, Black Canadian Lynx captured on film for the first time ever. That's kind of cool. I love, it, you know, mm-hmm. if we can substantiate it's the first time ever. Kind of a milestone. Nuts, yeah. So they really say, rare. Yeah. For the first time ever, a Canadian Lynx. Oh, God. <laughs> the dogs are going nuts. Wow. Yeah. Just chilling. 
Oh, oh boy. baby. Yeah, that's a guttural. Oh, that sounds like my dog when the mailman shows up. He's like, we got a predator. Wow. We got a predator. Wow, that cat's pretty far away and that's sizable. Yeah. Holy Moses. Wow. Very cool. I was like, what is that? I thought I was having an auditory hallucination when I first heard that. <laughs> what's up, Bigfoot Society? Hey, Jeremiah. Jeremiah, what's happening? So, yeah, there you have Hot it on there. First time they've ever spotted a uh, black <clears throat> Canadian lynx sporting uh, that kind of coat. Uh, captured on film, the remarkable creature was reportedly spotted roaming around a residential neighborhood in the town of Whitehorse in the Yukon Territory. No doubt realizing what they were seeing was incredibly rare, the witness managed to capture around 30 seconds of footage featuring the animal as it was around 150 feet away. In the video, a dog can be heard, which we heard furiously barking at it, while the seemingly unperturbed animal sits in some grass and the slowly ascends a set of concrete steps. Um, wildlife experts confirmed the creature is a Canadian lynx with melanism, which is a genetic condition that causes an animal to possess an increased amount of black pigmentation in its fur, feathers, or skin. Um, first time they've ever documented the phenomenon in this particular species of lynx, uh, usually have a fur that is reddish brown in the you know warmer months and then turns silver as temperatures drop. So, so they say melanism can sometimes be to an animal's benefit depending on their habitat and living conditions. Uh, experts uh, suggest in this instance being entirely black almost certainly works against the animal's best interest when trying to stay camouflaged in the snowy Yukon Territory's winter months. So being a black cat in the winter does not help you hunt. Nope. Man, it's wild. So, you know, maybe that happens more often, but maybe those animals <coughs> don't survive because if they are solitary creatures or they get rejected for whatever reason, you know, it's like trying to go out and hunt and, like, every animal's like, we see you, Jeff. We mm -hmm. already see you. Like, you know, just maybe they and, become vegetarians. And Black Panthers, that was a myth in the 90s. That was like, oh, no. Yeah. It was considered kind of a cryptid. But now, I mean, they're seeing black Florida panthers quite a sure, bit. Like, there's sure. sightings all the time. Maybe they're when evolving. When we were kids, black panthers, I was like, no. There's no way that's possible. There's not black panthers in America. Um, but, you know, here we go. Got a black Looks lynx. like a wolf. I don't know. It looks like a... Look at those big-ass ears on the front of it. That thing's cool. Jeez, I'm got those telescoping ears. So I think I heard a lynx one time or a bobcat when I was in Tennessee. And it was like... You know the whole uh, saying, if you ever hear what sounds like a deranged woman in the night, it's a puma. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like yawing and doing oh, whatever dude, sounds they make. Oh, dude, they make the most ridiculous Cats noises. in general, yeah. coyotes and foxes. Not coyotes, Remember but foxes. Remember camping in Indiana, we heard that bobcat or oh, something. We heard something Sounded slap something. Horrendous. You know what? What if that was Bigfoot? It could have been. I mean, southern Indiana is... Never thought about that. Because I remember very, we heard something that forced. sounded like something akin to like... Uh, uh, you know, when you hit a, a God, pillow or a cushion a on the couch with like a, a a baseball bat or something, it's like that thud, but there's no real thud, but there's kind of a little a concussive force of it, right? What's the state park that's close to that area? I always forget. Uh, Whitewater. Uh, Whitewater, Whitewater but then the Houston place Woods. Houston Woods. Houston Woods yeah. is near there. So southern that, Indiana, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Well, not southern Indiana, but like eastern Jeremiah, Indiana. any Bigfoot societies? Any you, uh, Burton? Any of you guys know anything about Any southern? Bigfoot sightings near Houston Woods? Uh, southern Indiana. Because it gets pretty, it's pretty squatchy. wild out there. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty squatchy. We used to do a lot of, a lot of camping, camping out there. And a lot of campfires and guitars and fireworks and it was a cool waterfall almost there. trips to, to the hospital too. yeah yeah a few trips to the hospital close encounters Luckily, the best part was the last a nurse yeah well not anymore or at that point you were at that nurse. point was but i was off the job on that time but uh right the best part was the fact that we were trying to not bring fireworks that could hurt anyone oh that's the exact but when you hold an entire handful yep of sparklers and light them as one sparkler just, just food for thought here. Don't ever do it. Don't do that. You grasp an entire clutch of sparklers, sparklers and light them at don't once. Don't always equal more fun. Man. It takes off like a fuse. Oh yeah, it just and rips. burns like instantly. Yep. Like it doesn't trickle down. It just goes. So our friend's hand looked like Joe Pesci's from Home Alone after he grabs the you know inflamed <laughs> doorknob. I mean, it was like <laughs> he looked like he had Harry Potter strike lightning bolts inscribed on his hand. I was like. That's nope. no good. I feel bad for you. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Like, 
Damn. Get a stick of butter and hold on. Oh, a stick like, of butter. That's what God. I'd be doing. I'd be basting that thing. Oh, man. Jesus, that would hurt. Well, anywho. We got one more, guys. I love this uh, one. One more. Uh, San Diego Zoo announces birth of critically endangered. Bob, you want to say this? Preswalski. Okay, Preswalski horse cloned using 42-year-old DNA. Right? Man. Pretty wild. Um, California Zoo has announced the birth of a foal from a critically endangered breed using a cloning technique to create the horse with DNA preserved for 43 years. The Preswalski horse foal, part of a breeding program intended to increase the species' genetic diversity, was the firstborn at the San Diego Zoo Safari Park since 2014. She is the clone of a male Przewalski stallion, which is uh, which was created from DNA that was frozen 43 years ago in the San Diego Zoo. Wow. I mean, that's wild. Uh, we got so there's related to 12 born in native habitats. Wow. So these things are highly, highly. Um, so their native area is. I was scrolling down here. Uh, the horse, also known as the monk, that's what it is, the Mongolian wild horse. Now, don't they have these out at the wilds? They might. I think they do. They, they have might. a whole herd of these. I'm almost positive. And, man, they get spooked. They're a legit wild horse. They are not. They are super, super hard to tame. And the people that could tame these, like even the indigenous folks and the people that lived around there, like, they can't even tame these. They're well. They 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 look just like donkeys for years and years and years. They look like donkeys, right? They've never been. Uh, Don't they? They look a bit like a they donkey. Do. And so, if you ever see a donkey, and you see one up close, they you know you'll put a donkey out in the field with your uh, cattle or sheep yeah. or chickens or whatever. Because if a coyote or a wolf or oh, whatever comes nuts. in there, they'll kill them. Oh yeah, they'll go nuts. They'll kill a coyote. Oh yeah. They you don't they'll mess with donkeys. Them. They yep. will, they will kill them. They're mm-hmm. vicious and they're smart. They're very loyal animals too. If you if they like you, um, so yeah. If anybody's ever heard about the wilds out in southern Ohio, I went ziplining uh, there. It's a really cool place. They yeah. have yurts out there up on the hills. Yeah, you can rent these cool yurts, and then it looks out over herds of like wild horses. Right. And there's a rhino, a yeah. bunch of rhinos out there, giraffes. I think the cool part uh, about the cats. wilds is the fact that they. You know, when we went there, they were like, you know, we're not guaranteeing you to see any animals. Yeah. This isn't a zoo. So, like, if you see yeah. an animal, cool. But if you don't see an animal, that's just part of it, too. And, like, we did um, – they have a zip line set up over the enclosures. It's wild. Oh, yeah. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my, yeah. Uh, my wife did it's it. It's great. I took my wife. It's amazing. Yeah. And then you rappel down off these big structures. Like, yep. Never done that before. Yep. And just like, all right, I guess I'm jumping off this platform. It's This fun. is happening. Yeah. It's cool. And you're ziplining over. I mean, the we enclosures. went when it was kind of cold. I mean, yeah. it was in May, but you know, in May in Ohio gets a snap like that, and all of a sudden it's snowing. Yeah. And it was just one of those kind of crappy weather days, and we just went anyways. Like, yeah. screw it. Um, but it was like super windy out there. Yeah, it gets cold out there. They do like Jeep tours too, don't they? Yeah. You can take like a a, a ride through the park. Yep. I was yeah. a camera operator on the Secrets of the Zoo. We went out to the Wild Stoner's been out there on shoots too. Oh, nice! Um, but we got to shoot the rhinos, and I was just you know operating just the camera guy that day. Yeah, and uh, we were kind of getting ready to go on to the next. And the, one of the veterinarians was like, "Hey, you want to pet the rhino behind the ears?" Sweet Jesus! I'm like, "Yes!" That's and I cool. look at the producer. He's like, "Dude, go ahead." So I put the camera down, walked over to this giant female. And behind their ears, kind of like your dog, but like imagine lamb's ear, the herb that people have in their gardens, like twice as soft as that. Just their super whole soft. body is covered in this except armor for those, but except for right the joints. behind the ears. Yeah, and it's soft as can. I was like, like "This butter. is weird." She's like, "Pretty great, right?" I was like, "I can't believe I just like that's wild." Pet dude. this rhino's ear. So that was the one of the highlights of that whole shoot. What is this? Uh, also, a scary part. Was they had a big cougar. What's that? What is that? Uh, Burton. Cryptid hunt. The not deer. What is oh, that? What's what that? is that, Stone? Okay. Looks like a wolf that reminds me. I'm intrigued by the uh, not deer phenomenon in the Appalachian area. Uh, if we're talking about interesting animals. Okay. Can, can you, you blow read that, that up? Bub? No, can you blow that up, Kyle? <clears throat> 
Or toss the link in Mattermost. Yeah, do that. You do up. that too. Throw it in Mattermost and I'll look at it. Um, but yeah, wild horse is getting cloned. So, dude, these are those animals from the wilds. They're super cool. But you can't drive that Jeep more than 20 feet away and they will just bolt. They just take off. They do not like people. That's good. At all. Good. And they're living around people. They're so hard to work on. The vets are like, these horses are a pain in my ass because they're just so like wild. Dart them from far off. Yeah. Well, dude, they jumped on the back of this Jeep and I'm on the back of this thing with the vet. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're holding on to these like <laughs> rails and I'm just holding on, got shoulder, <laughs> shoulder rigged, and they are flying out to dart these females. What? And then they separate the baby and dart that and take, Jesus. they had to, uh, like Jurassic Park. They had to do it, uh, take the baby in to, to be looked at. Yeah. So they had to separate with the Jeeps. And wow. I'm on the back just like, like flying Chip through. Chipping teeth. Uh, and it, Looking like a Pez dispenser. You know, they were coming in almost like, uh, you know, like velociraptors would when they're hunting prey. Like, uh, and they got the baby, took them, boom, boom, boom. Did the procedure and like... 10 minutes less than 10 minutes why don't they just like and train boom, cattle dogs got that to go out they there do have dogs too i would be they having those have things dogs. go out there and peel them off and be like i'm well, not i'm not are, driving a jeep over the wild terrain yeah to no i'm getting a drone that's what i'm getting i'm getting a drone with a little dart gun on it right and fly it up over them above them have a little targeter on it just but dude, I seriously because they use drones to plant trees, holding on right? for dear life. Yeah, I was concerned. I bet they were flying. I'm like, bro, we're not even on a road. We're in the grass, flying down this hill. Uh, did know, that I've make done... it into uh, the thread, Kyle? Okay, cool. I've done it a couple of times. What you're talking about? So let kind of let's uh, untethered crypt, cryptid and... hunt, not the the not deer. Okay, what is this? Wow, it's kind of like a hybrid of a cat or a wolf and a deer. So that's. Have you ever driven down a back road uh, at night? There's something distinctly creepy about the way a beam from your headlights illuminates only what is directed in front of you, while the while on either side you are enveloped in darkness. What could be lurking out there, just out of sight? Uh, in rural Pennsylvania, native like myself, then there's good chance you've seen your fair share of deer while you're out on one of them drives you felt the adrenaline rush as one leaped in front of your car forcing you to slam on the brakes um let's see here but what if as you're trying to get a hold of yourself from a near accident you take a closer look at the creature standing in front of your car and notice there's something off about oh, okay. it okay its eyes and mouth aren't quite right, and it's abnormally twitchy, almost like a puppet on strings, and it doesn't seem frightened of you. Uh, as Yeah, deers, are, they get spooked so easy. They're gone. Yeah. Well, my friend, if this is the case, you may have just encountered a not-deer. Burton, bro, we need to chat a little bit more about this not-deer. I don't want to go too deep into this article, but... I read it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I... There's a rational explanation. Well, the Appalachian Mountains, dude, are so old and ancient, and there's so many legends. And I mean, the amount of paranormal activity that happens in the Appalachian Mountains is just insurmountable. I mean, you know, look how many podcasts and paranormal shows there are just out of that region yeah. alone. I mean, it's just steeped. But like these deer, from what what the article goes on to say, is they're not menacing, they're not intimidating. They, they kind of like when they're weird. encountered, they just like sit there. But the explanation is chronic wasting disease, like okay. a neurological condition, hmm. for the way that they think of like a rabid uh, raccoon that comes up to your house and just you're like, like this this thing is just walking face. right up to me. Yeah, but it's just it's doing abnormal behavior one because it's being what do you say chronic that's true wasting. a lot. Old magic. That's well, what, uh, and I'm not saying I'm not trying to say that there's not weird McCain. deer out there. There could be uh, not deer out there as well. I'm just yep. saying there's a good explanation for certain instances of it. So it's just like just to make sure everybody's Old not magic. like I saw a not deer. You know, it's you yeah. Know, there is this chronic wasting disease, or saying again like other animals, you get rabies and they act very peculiarly. Mm -hmm. uh, peculiarly, gotta hate that word. We're struggling with words today. I see that there's that word again. 
Uh, man, I'm going to have to look into this more. Um, yeah, yeah I appreciate it being disease. put on the radar. Um, you know, old magic in the Appalachian Mountains. It's a lot lot going on. Old magic. And that we're just in the of, arc uh, of the Appalachian Ohio. Like, we're kind of, we're not really, I mean, we're part of the Appalachian Range, but Ohio's kind of like the outskirts of, of, you know, the true Appalachian Mountains. Oh, West Virginia, Kentucky. Yeah, well, we're at as we're the, flat called, as that's the all arc. get out. Southern Ohio is the arc of Appalachia. We are in flat land, extremely flat land. Except in the south. In East. the south, right. Southeast. Well, I'm saying where we are in general is mm-hmm. extremely flat. But yeah. There uh, we go. Not hey, here. What other shout-outs do you have? Do you have any? I think we covered everything. We we stone? remembered the ones we, we forgot. Did we shout-out Stone? We did not shout-out Stone. Our wizard? Stoner actually technological crushed it today and installed a new audio system. Right, we've been trying to get our audio dialed in, guys, and uh, trying to I ensure the yeah, capabilities. We were on a little bit older system from when we started down at Little Bro Zone yep. in 2020 when we started the show, and we're just kind of like very basic back then. The Zoom L8 mixer served us for many shows, many yeah. episodes, yeah, even these current ones, time uh, to time. So we got the the Behringer mixer. And uh, some little upgrades in there that I think are uh, so. Kyle set all that up today, for right? Us Knocked and, it out and is sounding great. So I think thank it was you, the, Stoner. I think it was the chicken salad from the Walrus. The chicken salad. We we got Walrus. walrus Shout out to Walrus. So we had lunch there today. Love the Walrus. Getting hungry again. Thinking about it. Short Could eat rib. there again. Hey, we still have sandwiches in the fridge. Oh God, that's right. We got leftovers. That's yes. why you. All right, we got to wrap the, this up. That's why you always get the sliders. We got to wrap this up. Get the so sliders. Get the sliders. Oh, uh, Burton, appreciate yes, that. Yes, Burton, thank you. Hit like on the video. Subscribe. Most of you guys are probably already subscribed, but like that video. Uh, it, rate us on. Show us a video um, of you getting somebody on board with the strange road. Let's see you bring them over to the strange. We can't say strange call. That's hollow sky. I'm not. I'm not going to steal their branding. But how do we? How do we get more hitchhikers on this bus that we're trying to take Ken Kesey style well, across the USA? I've got a few people right now that we're chatting with in Instagram, Facebook. We have a lot have more guest interviews coming up too. Um, yes. Right? So we have guest interviews. Very coming, good coming, point. Coming. Very good point. And not just out mm-hmm. on Spotify and on the podcast side. We're talking here on YouTube. Side. Thursday. We have a lot. Yeah, Thursday, Thursday we're coming up with a new one too. We have uh, VJ back. Yep, this will be our third episode with VJ. VJ used to live in Ohio. He's, He's coming a, in virtually. A psychologist right? worked in Cincinnati. He got obsessed yeah. with earthworks and Serpent Mound and um, ancient culture in Ohio and the connections between India and Ohio and his language of Tamil. Hell yeah! And all of these Hopi Can't words wait. and Cherokee words and so he's gone down those two episodes. If you haven't seen them, and you guys want to watch those and listen to those, um, VJ's going to be, we're bringing him in virtually. It would be amazing to have him in the studio, but unfortunately he's on his spiritual quest in India, going to all these different temples. He's on a um, journey, He's for sure. You know, hanging out with different <laughs> out yogi masters, learning different types of yeah. yoga, yearning, uh, learning different meditations, and like I yeah. said, getting into back country of India uh, with his Digging family. Deep. And I Digging think deep. right now he's kind of in a spot where he can hop in virtually, He's in spot, and um, so Thursday, uh, streaming with VJ. It's going to be pretty late because it, over at he's where gonna he's be in at, India. He's, it's going to be seven thirty a.m. So he'll be seven thirty a.m. Uh, India time in southern India, and what is it? Uh, we're, we're doing thinking here? Eight thirty. Eight thirty p.m. Eight thirty p.m. Eastern. Eastern. So keep an eye on that. Yep, we'll have a lot of uh, <clears throat> of. Um, promo stuff coming out on Twitter and Instagram, I'm sure, for that. Just putting the date out, reminding people to, you know, remember to hit the notification button. If you want to know when we're going live, you got to also follow us and do things like that. It's it's uh, one of those, we don't hear it as much anymore because I think people are kind of getting hip to it. Um, but yeah, just hit the notification bell, like, subscribe. If you're going to leave us a rating, please uh, leave us a five-star. If we didn't do on a five-star worth, Spotify. if we didn't earn five stars, we don't want anything else. So unless we earn five stars, thank you very much for it. If not, we'll work for it to get it the next time. And then you can follow us on Instagram at The Strange Road. You can follow Mikey on Insta, Instagram at Mikey Leesner. You can follow Stoner at Kyle Stonard. Um, I'm on Instagram as well. Um, I'm also on Twitter most of the time as The Strange Road, but on Instagram, I'm Bub underscore Ranley. Um, what else we got to say? I think that's yeah, it. Yeah, just uh, listen and uh, keep listening. Rip it and rip it. Keep sharing. And uh, we will see all of you guys 
on Thursday. Yeah. If you guys want to come hang out, say come what's up in out. the chat again. Yeah. We appreciate all you guys. Thank you very much. Spending the, the evening with us. Roa, and thank you for the painting. Yes, Roa, thank you for the painting. Matt, Love thank it. you for the music. Yep. All right. Um, Absolutely. Sh- let's sign off. Roll that, roll that tune, Kyle. <laughs>